Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hello, it's Isla. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist podcast. Today, we're going to wrap up our hydration theme, which we are covering in full over on Millennial Living. So that is our membership program. It's a lot like a Patreon, but I didn't go with Patreon because I wanted to also do some things that are more interactive and so we can build each other up like this hydration challenge that we have going on over there. But because it's the last week of August, we're almost into fall. I wanted to wrap up with a little bit more of a specific episode about hydration. We have a whole hydration 101 PDF over there. We have how to hydrate for exercise over there. Um, But this is going to be a little bit more niche. And today we're going to talk about six products or like trends in hydration. And if you should be following them or not, overall, why do we need water for health or water for weight loss for health. I mean, it is, there's so many reasons that we need it. Our heart needs it. I mean, we are made up of something, what, like 70% water. I didn't look up that stuff, but where's that like thing that everybody knows that we're made up of like mostly water. Um, and so we just need it to function. We need it for pH balance. We need it for our electrical electrical signals to flow. We need it. Our brain is mostly made up of water. The video that we have going up over on millennial living are three specific reasons or like three things our body uses water for and like what that may be surprising to you, but I'll say brain is one of them. And I learned some pretty cool things when I was making that video. Why we need it for weight loss is because it helps us to feel full. A lot of times when our bodies, which I go over in the first podcast of this month is that when we feel dehydrated, sometimes our bodies are actually like trigger hunger responses because it knows it can get water from food. So um, in order to help yourself to not have cravings, being hydrated is one of them. Also, another thing that can help with weight loss is get, drinking water makes you more energized because it takes a load off of your heart. And so if you feel like you don't have energy to do something, maybe ask yourself if you are adequately hydrated. But without further ado, let's just get into these six different water products. So first one is alkaline water. Should you be adding it to your regimen to stay hydrated? Um, No. (laughs) Um, So overall, anything that is going to say that it messes with your pH, honestly, is unsafe. I don't really think that it's going to change your pH too much. And if your pH was different in your body than it's supposed to be, like you would have to go to the hospital. Like I don't understand where along the way somebody thought this was a good idea to start making marketing material around like changing your pH. But like your body is really cool and that it maintains a really tight pH and you can't go much above or below it or like you pretty much will just like melt like everything will really go out of whack. It's pretty interesting, but we don't want to mess with our pH. Um, a lot of the marketing around alkaline water is thought that it can help neutralize the body, which sounds like it's a cool thing, but we don't need our body to always be like a neutral pH. Um, it says it can slow the aging process, heal the body, which is not true. I actually found that there's like a warning if you try too hard to lower 
lower the pH of your stomach, which if you really get like a basic water, like not like basic girl, but like bases and pH, you could actually make it, you could change the pH of your stomach, which would make it harder to fight off harmful bacteria. We consume a lot of bacteria that doesn't make it to the rest of our body to damage it because our stomach is so cool and that it's a little bit more acidic. So it fights off all of that bacteria. If we change it, it won't be able to fight it off and it'll make us more sick. So literally it's just not better for us. It does not heal the body. It can actually make us worse. I think that the alkaline water that they sell out there, I don't know if it's strong enough to do this, but it's all just like a marketing ploy. And I don't think it's worth it for you to stress about the pH of your water. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, number two is activated charcoal water. I didn't know a whole lot about this, but I do see it a lot of like spas. I went to Cancun with my friends <laughs> in June and they did offer it as like a little thing. So um, I have seen it sometimes or I've seen it at like fancy smoothie stores. So this is actually pretty interesting. Um, charcoal is the only one that like maybe looks like it could be something you work into your health routine that has like the most promising benefits. But then again, overall, it's not going to be like better than eating like fruits and vegetables. But um, interestingly, they people have been using charcoal apparently since like the 1800s um, to as an anti-poison remedy. And now I guess people use it as to treat drug overdoses. I don't know. I always pull a lot of this information from my like clinical background when I worked in a hospital. And I don't think I ever worked in a place that treated drug overdoses or poison, but maybe comment if you're on Spotify and you can tell me if your hospital does. Um, but the way that it does this is it's pretty cool. It attracts positively charged molecules in your body and gets rid of it in your stool. So that's how it actually can, I guess, like decrease the effect of if you have a lot of drugs in your system or different poisons. However, a caveat is if you do too much of activated charcoal, like it can um, decrease the effect of medications you're actually taking. So if you find that your medications aren't working randomly, like, so especially if you have like hypothyroidism and you're taking all those really sensitive medications for that, maybe just make sure to not do it at the same time, or just ask your doctor about it before there's a potential. It can help you de-stress your kidneys. There's some research that's more promising than the rest of these that say it could help remove urea. So a lot of times when we talk about like detoxing or like helping the kidneys. There's not a lot your kidneys honestly need help with. Um, a lot of what goes through it ends up being urea. And if you do have like kidney issues, like clinically like have kidney disease, this potentially could be helpful. But again, like this was never a mainstream recommendation that I gave to my kidney clients when I was in the hospital. And I pull a lot of the information that I think is sound from those days. Um, and I haven't seen anything from any like nutrition academy, anything saying that we need to be recommending activated charcoal for people with kidney disease. So I would say for people with normal kidneys, you don't really have to work in, into this. There's another, um, actually kind of strong research that shows that it can help lower cholesterol, which I thought was interesting. However, the research is 40 years old and it's never been updated. So again, it's not like a mainstream recommendation for dietitians that were taught to tell people to have activated charcoal, but like, I don't think it'll do much harm if you want to try to add it in. Just again, ask your doctor because of the medication part. Um, do I recommend an activated charcoal water? 
maybe out of all the rest of these, but there's also the side effect of the medication decrease. So yeah, just, I guess, take that for what you will. The next one is chlorophyll water. Oh, chlorophyll water. Um, I feel like one of the scammiest. So uh, a lot of the marketing around chlorophyll water says that it will help detox, which I feel like these days, anything that is green is said to help detox. Um, interesting is that when we have chlorophyll water, the chlorophyll in it is typically a semi-synthetic version. And so the chlorophyll that we have in green vegetables and I guess fruits um, is a different and naturally occurring kind. Um, and there's apparently very little research on this synthetic kind. So maybe just double check when people say things about chlorophyll, like, are, are you talking about the one that's in plants? Because yeah, I totally agree. We need to be having way more green, dark, dark leafy greens. But um, as far as the synthetic kind, I don't know if the research is going to be the same for that. So we can't just like apply it to the synthetic version. Overall, it's better to have something in its natural form. So if you're intrigued by the marketing that in the verbiage that comes around chlorophyll and chlorophyll water, I mean, it's going to be way better to have it in that natural form. Again, like we need a lot of dark leafy greens because when you think about what we used to eat back in the caveman or like hunter gatherer days, we did eat a lot of leafy greens. That was the majority of our diets. So that's why our body thrives off of it. There was never any like making chlorophyll water for that time that we like evolutionarily grew up on and then need. It is safe. So if you just enjoy drinking it and it helps you to make other healthy choices because it makes you feel healthy, go for it. But you totally don't need it. If you want to feel cool, like you, you get a lot of chlorophyll and spinach, collards, broccoli, parsley, and green beans. So you could save your money and just have water and have those vegetables instead. Today's episode is brought to you by Cloud Chips. This friend reached out to me and I thought it would be a great product to talk to you about because it's a crunchy, carby snack for a super low amount of calories. They are puffed wheat and rice chips that are about a third of the amount of calories compared to the standard chip. So if you're a volume eater, this is for you. You can eat it by itself and swap it with any other high calorie savory snack like pretzels or chips, or use it for chips and salsa to increase the amount of produce you're eating without greatly increasing the calories by piling on those oily tortilla chips. I have a discount for you that is 10% off if you go to the website cloudship.com slash millennial15, spelling millennial, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L. Use the code millennial15, again, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L-15 at checkout. We'll link it below as well. Get your lightest airships today. Okay, coconut water, I have very little information on, but I want to include it because I actually forgot it was so popular, or I feel like it at least was way more popular back in the day. Um, so coconut water contains a really high level of potassium, um, which is a big uh, claim that a lot of people say when it comes to coconut water. So they say it's like natural electrolytes, which yeah, sure. But um, it is 50 calories per cup. So unlike the rest of these, I think the rest of these were like zero calories. Just keep in mind that that is a lot. I mean, my daily at home ice latte is 80 calories and at least I get protein in it. You're not getting that from coconut water. You're just getting carbs and honestly, a little bit of saturated fat because coconut is high in saturated fat, which you have high cholesterol. So if you like the taste of coconut water, if you like to put it in drinks, if you like it, you can have it as a um, natural sort of electrolyte, but I'm getting ready to go into electrolytes right now. So I would say that drink coconut water if you like it for the taste, but for 50 calories, I think maybe save that for something else that you like and just drink normal water. The next one we have is 
electrolyte drinks or like liquid IV. So I feel like this is maybe one of the most popular ones. It's also just like super mainstream, but I think there's a lot of confusion around electrolytes because again of the marketing behind it. So these electrolyte drinks have been around forever. I mean, we all grew up on Gatorade and Powerade, right? So, um, but a lot of people now think that they have to have it if they work out. And a lot of the information that we end up understanding about exercise comes from people who are like super active. And then us people who just are doing our 10,000 steps sometimes think that we're supposed to have that too. Um, what are electrolyte drinks? They're added electrolytes, um, electrolytes being sodium, potassium, and magnesium. But you like really only need to replace these if you like are clinically dehydrated and like kind of have to go to the hospital or your electrolytes are out of whack. Like when I would have people admitted to the hospital that we saw were dehydrated, they would have really like uh, they would their creatinine would be messed up. They might be like having acute kidney problems. They also would have their electrolytes out of balance on a lab report. In that case, yes, we would have to give them an electrolyte bag. But at this point, you would know like you'd be vomiting or like it might be from uncontrollable vomiting for long periods of time, diarrhea. This is always something I worry about. Like when my dog, my my dog just had pancreatitis and I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be dehydrated because I just remember from those days that if you do have that, you might need to be dehydrated and you would be a candidate for electrolytes or if you're heavily sweating. So if you have been exercising for more than an hour or if you're like one of these people that just like exercises and there's like a pool of sweat on the ground, you might be dehydrated to the point where you would need electrolytes because you actually have to like sweat them out, just working out and not sweating that doesn't mean that you're like need electrolytes. Electrolytes would literally have to come out of you again, like through vomit, through diarrhea or through sweat. If you are exercising less than this amount, you do not need to be spending your calories because a lot of times these are higher in calories on it. Um, you should be fine. Just drink normal water. You can also get a lot of these electrolytes through fruits and vegetables. So, I mean, potassium is in a lot of um, fruits and vegetables. Sodium, I mean, we don't have problems getting in sodium and magnesium. So you don't have to go out of your way to consume them. Um, and then also with the caveat of hangovers. So there is, I guess, stronger research to support that it can help prevent a hangover. Apparently the research is that it doesn't help like improve it. The only thing with a hangover is you just have to write it out once it's already there. But there were some recommendations that said that you could use some sort of like electrolyte drink, either like, like a additive, like liquid IV or like a uh, what are the ones now like Pedialyte, but you have to do it before or almost like as you're drinking apparently. Um, so it can help with that. So like overall, do you need to be drinking electrolytes? Maybe if you're like very sick and dehydrated, if you are running or like sweating for more than an hour straight, or maybe if you're trying to prevent a hangover, but we don't need it just like daily on the reg. Lastly, seltzers. So seltzers have um, blown up over the past, what is it, like five or seven years. I'm getting ready to go to my nutrition conference in October and the uh, other, the LaCroix people are always there and super fun and trendy. So I'm excited to see them, but with seltzers, what are they? Um, I think I'm kind of grouping this like seltzers or even like sparkling waters or soda waters, anything like that, anything carbonated. So typically it's like infused with carbon dioxide gas under pressure uh, some of them, like something with like sparkling minerals could be healthier, like something like, um, uh, like Topo Chico is different because it's actually like mineral water unlike LaCroix, I believe is not. So it could have like minerals, but again, like the best way to get it is through, uh, fruits and vegetables. 
Um, if you like want something different from, oh, this is really good if you want something different with water with like minimal additives. So for people who don't, you know, don't or are on the anti-diet Coke camp, this would be great because you're really not putting anything in it. You could put like lemon juice in it. It's like the fewest added ingredients thing. There is, I feel like some confusion with like, does seltzer, do seltzers actually count as hydration? And I've never found anything that says that it does not count as hydration. Um, if your body can pull water from like watermelon, I don't see why it can't pull water from a seltzer and count it as hydration. You even do get a little hydrated with like coffees and stuff that like have a diuretic effect. So um don't let that confuse you. These, I guess, are the only ones that I think would be great. And for weight loss, if you really struggle getting in water or like if you, I recommend these a lot for people who like, like a evening beer or evening glass of wine and they don't have the calories for it. Making this a part of your routine is great. We, my, me and David love trying to find like different seltzers and we actually just joined Costco so that we could get a cheaper discount on, or like a discount on um, all the seltzers that we end up having. So Sure. Again, there's not like, like I would say compelling health benefits besides the fact that if it makes you more hydrated to drink the, this, then go for it. And that maybe that's the case with any of them. Like if you like it better than drinking regular water, it's not like breaking the bank. You're not having to choose between like going to the gym and buying these expensive waters Then great. Go for it. It's not probably going to hurt you, but I just never want you to feel like you have to spend money on these things and then get into this cycle of feeling like, I'll never be able to get healthy. I'll never be able to lose weight. It's so, uh, it's so expensive. No, you do not have to do these things. Tap water is actually great. And I think like the best for you. And it's typically free as long, I guess, as you're paying your water bill. So that's that on water trends. I hope you enjoyed this episode and tune into the next one because we get to start a whole new month's theme. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.